Hello and welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're four season ticket holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. In this week's show, we take a look at the current squad and give our thoughts on where we need to strengthen for next season. We look forward to the next game away at Newcastle with some help with our friends at the Folk on Falcons podcast. Can Pat and the boys get back to winning ways? Season card renewals details are out and we give our thoughts on the cost of watching the Bears next season. All this and more on this week's show. I'm Tony and I'm joined by Lee, Miles and Pete for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, before we get going, uh, first of all, let me start this week's show by sending our heartfelt condolences to Her Majesty the Queen following the sad passing of His Royal Highness the Duke of Edinburgh last week. As a team, our thoughts are with the royal family at this sad time. Well, gentlemen, we, we've had a week off as far as Bristol Bears rugby is concerned. Let me come to you, Lee, first. Uh, how, how have you filled your weekend uh, this time round? I thought we were just going to fill a little piece in there about the um, about Tottenham Hotspur today, Tone, as well. I, mean, I, I feel so sad about that. But um, it's been a, a busy weekend trying to get a lot of stuff sorted out privately. Um, and Gloucester beat Surrey today in the cricket by eight wickets. So uh, all in all, it's not been too bad a weekend. Very nice. Well, as a West Ham fan, I was delighted with our 3-2 win over Leicester to move us within a whisker of third place in the league. The heady heights I've never experienced uh, uh, in all my years watching West Ham. Uh, uh, Miles, let me come to you. I'm sure you weren't glued to the football this weekend. Absolutely not. Well, you know, now sports started again for kids. So that's it. I, I, I'm a sort of permanent taxi for my children and taking them to sports lessons at the weekend. And then Saturday afternoon, dragged them down the allotment for a bit of a bit of R and R and uh, building a shed. And then uh, nice walk today. So uh, lovely evening in Bristol, well, sort of. So good to be with you, boys. Well, that's good to know that you use child labour to uh, build your uh, build your shed. <laughs> <laughs> and Pete, how are you? I, I believe uh, you off for a bit of uh, rest and recuperation next week. Yeah, we are. I'm off tomorrow to our little campsite down in uh, South Devon, Chiefs country, though. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm quite glad there was no game because it's taken me all weekend to get the roof box back on the car <laughs> and start packing it. <laughs> Honestly, it's a nightmare, boys. The roof box, I only put it on once a year and I, and I forget how to do it every year. So it's taken most of the weekend. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Well, obviously no game this weekend. So uh, what we thought, we'd use the opportunity to have a look at the current Bear squad uh, and just give our thoughts where we think uh, maybe we might see or might need some new faces uh, to come in for, for next season. So uh, let, let's start with uh, maybe with the, the, the front row. Um, I think probably one of the easiest ones for me, Lee, is uh, when you look at the hookers, we've got Byrne, Capon, Thacker and Kloska. Is that job done? Do we do we need to, to strengthen in that position? I would say hooker is is one of the few areas we are completely nailed on there, Tone. Um, I mean that is, I mean obviously Kloska's not played a lot, but but the the first three names that you mentioned there, they're they're solid, reliable individuals, and they've all stepped up, haven't they? And to be honest, it'd be great to see Fats get back in the team as well, because um, before he got injured, he was immense for us, wasn't he? 
Absolutely, and, and fingers crossed. That is only a few weeks away now. It's uh, it, it's in, imminent his return. Maybe, maybe come to to Miles and then Pete because I think the possibly the more interesting place in the front row uh, is is the props. Uh, and by my reckoning, looking at the the squad in the integrated academy, uh, we've got McCabe, Jan Thomas Woolmore, and uh, academy lad Andrew Turner as uh, out. And how loose heads, and then tight heads. We've got Afoa, Armstrong, Shaparo, Lahif, and Sinclair. Um, uh, Pete, let, let, let me come to you. Maybe on on the tight heads. There, uh, do you think that's a pl- position we need to strengthen? I think so, Tony. I think for two reasons. Kyle's going to be missing, isn't he? Again, we know he'll miss quite a lot of the season. Um, John Afoa obviously has extended his contract but I would suspect that he will be managed by Pat a bit more like he was recently so won't always be starting Max Laheef I think will go from strength to strength literally if he's tight head um, but I mean we do have we do have um, some reservations about Paul about Jake Armstrong you know he, it, perhaps maybe he's had a long injury but you know he hasn't quite done it this season so maybe we do need to, to strengthen uh, and we need to get a you know, someone in, um, dare I say, Nicky Thomas, uh, but somebody, (laughs) no, no, that ship has sailed. I mean, I like the cut of his jib, but that, that ship has sailed now. So I think, I think a, a non international tight head would be good. And I think we may have to, to look, you know, somewhere like South Africa or somewhere like that, you know, a bit, you know, maybe try and get in a, a, a gnarly sort of, I don't know, really. Somebody that is just could come in, do a job, and, and you know, a bit like we did with Shaparo, but hopefully he doesn't come in and get injured after twenty minutes. So I, I think maybe Pat might look for a kind of, uh, you know, South African maybe come in, someone, someone that just looks scary as well as being pretty, pretty strong. Yeah, and and Miles on the loose head. Obviously, we've got Jan Thomas and Jake Woolmore that have. Uh, for most of the the season, of uh, kind of taking it in turns as the the starting loosehead, but uh, McCabe, uh, academy prospect Andrew Turner, and of course Lahif uh, can also uh, play across on the loosehead. Um, is is that enough for the Bears? Um, potentially not. I mean, back in our sort of injury, woeful times of injury and you know COVID. Uh, Chuck and Trace, we obviously nearly lost an entire front row. And we were lacking a bit, didn't we, where we had to use the, the, the likes of McCabe and, and Armstrong, uh, who didn't look really that match fit. So, you know, we, we, love, we love old Jake Walmore. He's got a fantastic beard, as we know, as he. Pete likes to cut of his jib. But la- lacking a little bit from time to time, <laughs> I think. So I think we could do, you know, Jan's a great, fantastic player. Not the youngest, but I think we could do with uh, maybe one more in that position. Um, I don't quite know where we look for that, but yeah, that that would be my you know preferable position is to, is to get one more in there. Yeah. Okay. Um, Lee, let me come to you. Locks. Um, uh, by my reckoning, we've got Dave Atwood, who of course has signed a contract extension uh, last week. We've got Ed Holmes, Chris Vui, Joe Joyce. Uh, we've also got Hawkins uh, and uh, Alex Groves and Ben Bamber in the academy. So, um, 
you know, is, is that somewhere where, where we're well stocked or again, uh, do we need to, to add to that list? I'm getting all the easy ones here, aren't I, boys? <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. I, I think the, the two the two areas I think we are solid is is in the second row and Hooker. Um, I mean, that's pretty impressive, isn't it? I mean, Big Dave signing a contract extension, uh, 34 years old now at the older, and he, he's stepped up in in recent months, hasn't he? I think the second row. We've also got Vui that can drop back in as well when when needed. We've got um, obviously Dunn can play. Well, possibly not second row, but there or thereabouts if called upon. So I think we've definitely got enough in the tank now for me. Okay, uh, Pete, let me come to you. Uh, if we look at uh, flankers, uh, I mean, Dunn is listed uh, as, a, as a back row player, a flanker. We've got Heenan, Luatoa, Earl, Thomas and uh, Fitz Harding, who's come through the ranks, uh, and of course has got his his first uh, professional full uh, full contract. Um, uh, obviously, Ben Earl's leaving, um, so are, are we a bit short at six and seven? Um, I think I quite like the idea of another kind of Dan Thomas replacement, a, 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 an open side Schnaffler. Um, because as we said before, we've got Vui that can slot back at, at, at blindside or six. I, but I quite like the idea of a of a jackler in there. Um, I mean, I, you know, and I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's the trouble is with flanker. It's a it's a hard position, isn't it? It's a you know potentially an injury prone sort of place. So I do wonder whether we either try and fast track an academy player or we. I don't know. It's it's a tricky one, but I do quite like the idea of having a, a another kind of Dan Thomas type understudy, as it were. Now I don't quite sure where we where that we'd get that from. But as you say, Earl is kind of Earl is leaving, and although Earl has played across the back row, I think really he's with his pace and his kind of his, his dynamism. He is more of an open side flanker, so maybe we should look to use that Earl. For a, I don't know. Again, we don't want an international, do we? We want a we want a sort of you know, a, a keen sort of, I don't know, maybe another South African. I don't know, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a few of them out there, aren't there? And they're cheap as well, aren't they? So, Trying to turn us into sale. Uh, Miles. Well, well uh, it works for them. N- <laughs> Uh, number eight. Um, obviously, we've got uh, Big Nathan Hughes, uh, and we've got Mitch Eady. Uh, Stephen Luatoa fills in there. Uh, obviously, Ben Earl has this season as well, but he's gone on. Um, you know, two two number eights is 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 that uh, good enough with uh, people that can then fill in at, at eight if we need to? Yeah, I'm not sure it's a position we struggled massively with this season. So we saw Hughesy has had a knee or leg injury, hasn't he, in part. But then Fitzharding has stepped up and played exceptionally well in that position. Uh, as you said, we've got E.G. And even Heenan has played that position once or twice, as has Big Steve Luatua. So I think with the multitude of players that can slot in from flanker to number eight, um, no, I, I think that we're well covered in number eight, in my opinion. That's that's interesting because I I kind of think that might be one where we do need to to have a look at for a a, a kind of another big ball carrier, yeah. um, especially with Ben Earl going. 
Um, I, I think uh, may, maybe that is somewhere where we do need to... Because for whatever reason, Mitch Eady really hasn't kicked on since he's been uh, back at the, the Bears. I don't know if Pat quite likes him as much as uh, maybe he thought he would. So I, I, I've got a feeling that might be one that, that, that we need to look at. Um, Lee, let me come to you then um, for the next one. No, no uh, well, how could I come to – let me go to Pete, our Scrum Half correspondent. <laughs> um, uh, number nine. Uh, so we've got, at the moment, Cook, Kessel, Randall, Urin. Boyland from the Academy and Tom uh, Whiteley on the way from Saracens for next season. That's got to be enough, isn't it? I I think so, Tony. I I think, uh, you know, we've got, if we look at the sort of Uren... Randall axis as our scrum off going forward. I think we we we've got to be happy with that. We're we're blessed. I mean, I, there, there is a, the the counter argument is it's such an important position that maybe you you just need to get a consistent performer. But I just think Randall was was playing so well before he got picked by England and then didn't play for ages. I think him and Uren together are just going to drive each other to higher heights and then I think we it, it looks like we've got someone like Whiteley or even Kessel if he stays you know uh, uh, they look like good enough understudies you can't have brilliant players you can't have four brilliant players let, let the same level can you so I, I think we're it's a, it's a slight risk but I think that that is that is a big area where they can only get better and better uh, Lee, you want to make a comment? I just wanted to, to ask you boys what's the situation with Cook because obviously I mean you know, when he when he got slammed by Miles after coming on right at the beginning of his uh, Bristol career, he's, he's not been seen since. Has Cook got? Um, where, where do we stand on Cook's contract? Is, do you know when he finishes up? I I thought he signed a three year contract. I, I, I right. I'd have to double I'd have to double check that, but I I think he he will probably be around for next season. Uh, to be honest, I, I I think we'll probably see a departure at the scrum yeah, half. I agree. Um, I, I can't see us. I think there are areas where we need to strengthen more, um, and to have six scrum halves on the book, uh, yeah, including one one from the academy, Blake Boyland, who uh, I believe has picked up an injury. I'm, I'm not sure how how long term that is, uh, but uh, I, I think we might well be seeing a departure among that group one, just one, to, to free, of, free up. Yeah, so, I, so it's got to be one of Cook or Castle, really, really, hasn't it? I mean. Yeah, you 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 would think so, and I, I think Kessel obviously was signed on a short term deal, wasn't he? That yeah. got extended. Uh, that that might be the one to to move. Um, we, okay, we, we, Let, I was going to say we've got Pete. the um, the guy from Connacht as well, haven't we? On the on trial at the moment as well. Um, yeah, haven't we? I, I mean, that's a weird, slightly weird thing. I mean, if he turns out to be quite good. I don't know. I don't know what the situation is. Would, would, you know, would perhaps Kessel and Cook go? I don't know. It's, uh, you know, it seems very odd that he's, you know, he's, he's not going to play they, for us, is he, by the looks of it? No, no. That, I mean, that was a four-week loan cover, yeah. wasn't it? Um, yeah. Obviously, Pat's had a look and who, who knows? Maybe who knows? that will be someone that he might mm. call on uh, at some time in the future. Uh Right, Lee, let me come to you now then. We've got nine out of the way. Let's have a look at fly half. Uh, by my reckonings at the moment, we have Eden, Tiff Eden, Max Malins, Callum Sheedy. Uh, we've got Wilstead and uh, Lloyd from the Academy. Uh, 
Um, and obviously, I think we've got Jack Lloyd, uh, his, his younger brother, that's coming into the, the junior academy next year. Um, so is, is that an area where we need to strengthen? I think potentially it could be, Tony. I guess it depends really on Wayne Pivak and, and what he does with, with Wells. Um, because obviously Sheedy, you, you would think, is nailed on to get called up now. Um, and if Lloyd gets called up as well, then potentially we're, we're, we're kind of down to a couple again. And I, I think we already have experienced in the last few weeks of, um, I mean, Tiff Eden stepped up um, and played reasonably well. But I think obviously we, we also then kind of shielded him quite a bit on the pitch. Um, yeah, with good reason. I think that is an area that that we could potentially look at doing something. We've got White. Um, White can play at nine or ten there as well, can he? I think. So he, he does, but you know, is it such a pivotal role? Do yeah. You, would you know? Is is that kind of a more of a last resort than a yeah, uh, yeah. Pl- planning that that he would play more than uh, as a, a, a not last resort, but I yeah, can't see I him being. Yeah, re- regular at that I, slot. I'd say we we are we are slightly weak in that area potentially, for sure. Okay, uh, Miles, let me come to you. We'll talk about the uh, the wingers um, at the moment. We've got Adi Alokan, uh, Fricker, Nualago, uh, Freddie Owsley, but we know he's off to Edinburgh. Uh, and then we've got Leo uh, Morahan, Purdy, and then in the academy. Uh, uh, Dago Bailey and Jack Bates. Um, is that enough for us? Uh, it, it seems a lot of names you just reeled off there, TC. So, uh, yeah, yes, I would say. I, I think you know, the, the boys have stepped up. Nayad Alokan, Nuralago, Purdy back from injury. Morahan, we've seen play well. Fricker, we've seen play once. And Leuwa, I think even with a lolly of injury cover, those are quality wingers. And... I don't think that Pat's going to be spending any money uh, adding to that, that those fine names. Okay. Um, let me come to you, Pete, then. <clears throat> we look at the centres. Uh, probably inside centre, we've got Bedlow and Siali Piatau. Um, outside centre, O'Connor, Powell, uh, Ranrandra. And, of course, we've got Harry Ashurl, um from the academy. Uh, what do you think of that uh, lineup at 12 and 13? Well, it obviously brings us back to the old Mark Atkinson discussion, doesn't it? Um, and I I like the idea of Mark Atkinson being the kind of new Ciali Piatau, uh, potentially. Uh, still a quality player, um, but a, a club man, intelligent bloke, a kind of a bind, someone who binds together the team. And maybe, maybe, I mean, it was reported, wasn't it? So maybe Pat sees him as a kind of, he sees Ciali kind of going into coaching. I mean, and, and Mark, maybe they, they would dovetail together for a season as that kind of wise head to, to nurture the likes of Piers O'Connor to greatness because that's where Piers O'Connor's going. And if he's got someone inside him uh, and with next to him or whatever. So I, I think I think outside centre would probably be all right. I think I just I quite like the idea of, yeah. of Atkinson. Um, 
coming and and probably out of all of the things we've talked about that's probably the one that's probably most likely because it was actually reported in the the press um so i but i do quite like him i just think a good guy around the another guy around the camp that can nurture the youngins okay and uh lee let's finish off then uh at full back i mean really out and out full backs we've got charles pieter yeah one (laughs) um (laughs) But we've seen the uh, obviously Ian Lloyd has played there. Uh, we've seen Purdy play there. We've seen Morahan play there. We've seen O'Connor play there. Uh, do, do you think we need a specialist uh, fifteen backup, or actually, with that long list of people that we've got uh, at, at winger, um, you know, again, can we, is that a position where uh, the priorities lie elsewhere? Yeah, I, I don't see us bringing anyone in at fullback personally. Saying so, I think, I mean, Charles, I know he has had a few injuries, but I mean, he's he's fairly reliable. He's fairly solid, isn't he? Um, and and I think, I mean, what you know, the recent performances from Purdy, I mean, he's been he's been he's stepped up and done a, a great job for us. And like you say, we we've, we've got quite a few names of people that could step in there for a, a game or two for sure. I I can't see us doing anything at fullback. And of course, we speculated. I think it was you, Pete, that said, you know, Morahan is that potentially, uh, you know, his role going forward uh, looked uh, looked really good in that last game, really solid. And every time I've seen him play at fullback, uh, he, he, he's looked really solid. Okay, so we know as things stand at the moment. Max Maylins and Ben Earl are going to go back to Saracens. We know Shaparo is moving on to Italy. Um, so we've got three salaries there of pretty quality players. So providing the club finances are such that we can uh, replace those, I want to come to each of you in turn now and you tell me which three positions you think are the priority to bring in let you know they're not going to be world class stars on top whack but on the other hand they're not they're not going to be you know probably somebody just straight out of the championship with with no experience um so let me come to miles first Th- the three priority positions for you uh, if pat has given the money to to reinvest in the salary Oh, I was saying because I didn't think we we're going to feel we needed any in any position. This is a challenge. Okay, well, we, well, I would say it'd be nice to have both a loose head and a tight head prop. So I, that, that's my two positions. Uh, and listening to other boys, I would agree that number ten has been a bit of a stretch with the international call-ups and um, some of the other boys stepping up in the last minute. So loose head, tight head prop, and number ten for me. Okay, let me come to Pete next. What are your three? I think centre. I think I'm going to stick with the Mark Atkinson. I like the idea of that. So I think an inside centre, but more than just a player, just like a technical player, just a a team guy. I do think um, a tight head prop because it's so important. And... But, and I'm going for a South African because they're cheap and we might have a bit of money. And we might even get one from somewhere else in the Premiership. They've had enough. You know, we could sell them Bristol, sell them the old, uh, you know, that it's almost like Cape Town. It's like that, that, here. And then, the biltong you can get down the market hey, in that place. I got, yeah. I got, yeah, I got and, a bag and, here. And all sorts of... <laughs> yeah. 
So, so we'll get we'll nab some filthy South African tight head from somewhere on the that will do a job. And what did I say? I said Atkinson. I like that. I, I'm a big fan of that one. And then I mean, if I I kind of think a number eight, I go back with what you said, Tone. I think we're a little bit. We need to differentiate out of our back our flank our back row. We need somebody to do what Nathan Hughes does. And when Nathan Hughes doesn't do it, <laughs> which is to smash through. Now, where we get that, I don't know. Maybe we've got to look somewhere, somebody young that's – we don't want them to be an international. They've got to be somebody that's can push Nathan Hughes, um, push him out of the kebab shop and get him firing. So, I don't know, maybe someone Welsh – I don't know, someone like that. There must be someone in the valleys that could do a job for us. So I'm saying centre, number eight, tight head, job done. Okay. And uh, Lee, how about yourself? Yeah, I agree with the boys. I think tight head is is definitely a position we need to strengthen um, for the reasons that the guys have already explained. Um, I'd also say a, a number eight. I think that, but we do, like Peter just said, we need someone who is a Nathan Hughes type of player for me. Um, like we've already alluded to, I don't know if, um, as much as I love Mitch, I don't think Pat shares the same kind of love. Um, and obviously with Hughes, it, the injuries, they, they you know, he, we've, we've missed him so much, in my opinion, when he's been out. And, and we all know that he's, he's still not firing, you know, 100% at the moment. And that my third position, personally, would be fly half. I, I agree with you, Tony. I think that, you know, possibly that's an area where we could be quite threadbare um, with people getting called up, possibly. OK, well, certainly uh, uh, with <laughs> without wanting to seem dull, I, I'm going to agree with you, Pete and, and Lee. I think I think a tight head for, for me. <laughs> not Miles. Uh, not Miles. I can't <laughs> ever agree with Miles on rugby. Um <laughs> But you know, we obviously brought Shaparo in. Um, I, 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 I think the tight head's going to be important. Also, the fact that you know Afoa can't go on forever. Um, that actually, to get somebody uh, good and young in that position that's got potential uh, to learn off Sinclair uh, would, would be good. Um, I think uh, fly half. We know Callum is likely to to be in the Welsh squad and we're going to lose him for, what, two, three, three and a half months for the season. Malins won't be there. Um, That's a lot of pressure on Lloyd at a young age. So I think an experience number 10 for me. Uh, And then, yeah, I think inside centre. Um, I I think we've got some great quality at outside centre, but, uh, you know, Siali Piatau does a fantastic job at inside centre. And I I, I do wonder if we do, do need somebody there. What I would say about both the number eight and the fly half, um, is that um, I, I think we need players that have got that flexibility that Malins and Earl have shown. Yeah. That 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 that, that we can have people uh, that can maybe either play, you know, across the back row or are comfortable at fly half uh, or fullback. Um, but uh, yeah, those those are the positions for me. Certainly, trying to find some names for those positions though is not easy, is it? Because I I did try in the week. I thought I wonder if I could get a, get one up on you three and like kind of throw some names out there. And I was struggling to be honest. I really was. 
Well, I think they like we 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 talked about it last week, didn't we? With the not being one hundred percent sure that we'll lose Earl and Malins, you know, if if Saracens, if it goes Pete Tong for them, um, uh, you know, is is there a hope that Pat will retain those two? Uh, if if not, are we going to see some signings later in the season? Um, you know, towards the back end of the season. But then you worry that lots of people want want it all wrapped up. Uh, and they're, they're they're kind of contracts assured, so yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's not easy to think where where those names will will come from. I mean, the, the one thing we we do know is that like Pat and the management team will all know they'll 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 know exactly the people that are out there and available or possibly available. And um, you know, again, in in Pat, we trust. Yeah, although mm. I, I was in, I was in the estate agent on North Street, and um, they, they left a contract out on the the, the counter, and it said um, the two bedroom flat. Um, I think I think it's just over the chip shop on North Street, and it was a, a J and S Simmons. Uh, from Exeter that were, oh, were taking it. <laughs> so, uh, oh, you, number eight. Yeah. Well, there we are. And uh, <laughs> on, on, maybe, maybe maybe we could do a, a cut price deal for two for the price of one. Be nice on National Sibling Day as well, wouldn't it? Would be. Yeah. 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 Very good. But I've got a sneaky feeling they might want to stay in Exeter. But uh, there we go. Maybe Alex Dombrand. Is a uh, fancies meeting up with Sinclair again? He, he he he'd be welcome at the gate, I think. Mm. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right then, boys. Let's let's move on because uh, after the two week break, we are back in league action on Saturday, the seventeenth of April. It's a two pm kickoff. Uh, Newcastle Falcons against Bristol Bears. And uh, before we talk about this game, uh, Pete's Premiership preview has uh, come back after a uh, poignant pause. Uh, so let's hear uh, what he had to uh, say when he spoke to the uh, the guys from the Newcastle podcast. Um, I'm here talking to uh, to Philip and Ian again from Folk on Falcons. It's great to talk to you again, boys. It seems like a lifetime since the last time we spoke, and I hope you're both well. Um, so my first question to you is, how would you assess Falcons' progress since, uh, since that game against the Bears back on New Year's Day? Yeah, well, uh, first of all, I mean, thanks Pete, for having us again. Um, secondly, with regards to Falcons, unfortunately, uh, I think if everyone looks at the table, it's been one direction only, and that direction is straight down. Um, basically, we've had two major problems, which is really the cause of this. And to sort of simplify, it's basically we concede points too easily and we don't score many points, which sounds very simplified. But te- what we've discussed in our podcast is that Regularly, when we do concede, we seem to concede very easily. And we don't actually concede much. Our defence is still one of the best in the league. It's just our discipline has just gone completely out the window, which was so sort of iron cast up to when we played you, really. Um, and it's just gone completely downhill since then. And we, we give very easy penalties. We, we, we do often actually have very good phase of play where we get into games and we have to work really, really hard to get any sort of points. And then straight away, due to unforced error or silly penalty, we'll give teams a try or um, a penalty straight from the kickoff, what we're now calling a Falcon special. And quite frankly, we just aren't scoring enough points. So, you know, you can't concede easy points, even if there's not that many points. You yourself don't score many points at their end. And that's really the crux of the issue. Um, 
Also, I think our squad is starting to show, show its cracks. We thought start the season that our squad on paper was not going to be as good as the vast majority of the league. Um, our starting, say, 22 or 23 is probably as good as most of the teams in the league. But below that, it's really, really weak. I mean, everyone's got to remember, of course, we've just come from the championship and that does have an effect on our squad. And so I think a combination of injuries, discipline's gone a bit, you know, losses lead on to the losses, perhaps loss in confidence, losing a couple of key players in the Six Nations as well. It just all kind of merges into sort of one thing and unfortunately that's just sort of dropping down the league. To add to that, I'd say, um, sorry. No, go for it. To add to that, I'd say that um, we weren't helped out with the timing of our COVID cancellations as well. Um, we benefited a couple of times in the autumn out of it, but then in the new year, it was our turn to have it in the squad. And as a result of that, we didn't get four, potentially five points in a couple of matches we would have otherwise targeted. And we went straight from being battered by you guys into a, a reasonable period off. And then when we started again, we were once again against decent opposition and we never really got back in the swing of it. It's not been easy. And uh, and it's, a, it's fine margins. I mean, you know, Bristol appear to be flying high, but, you know, there have been a lot of games that we've come out the right side of a close result and, and sometimes that's well, the way it is there's only been one game which we which we feel we've been thoroughly outplayed in all year and that was when we got absolutely thrashed by sale a few weeks ago mm. other than that we have tended in the last few weeks we've tended to give teams a 14 point head start in the first 10 minutes and then for the remainder of the match we've actually won the last 70 minutes mm. but you can't give 10, 10 12 14 points away with two tries at the start of matches in the Premiership and we get punished for it and it's our own fault but we just need to stamp out the they're normally sloppy errors or just not really hitting the ground and running at the start of games. So despite all that, I mean, which players do you think have actually, you know, been pretty consistent and, and, have, and have actually stepped up and, and, you know, would be the sort of players that, that we'd be, you know, looking out for when, when Bristol rock up at Kingston Park in a, in a week or two? I think the entire forward pack this year has been probably up there with the best in the Premiership. Um, there aren't. You've got the, the obvious um, Gary Graham, Mark Wilsons, but if I'm honest, when when those guys aren't playing, our back row doesn't look any weaker. Like we've got players. You might have heard of them. We've got Callum Trick, Van der Velt. We've got Hardy on the bench. We've got um, Robinson, who formerly a second row, been playing extremely well at blindside. Um, our our back row is. I think probably the strongest in the league if you look at the depth in it. Second rows, um, Fuser and Peterson are two second rows, which I, I don't think I'd instantly want to replace with anyone. And then our, our front row, very good. Um, got a couple of issues with the line out at the minute, not functioning properly. But once again, our replacement front rows are right up there. But our problems start once you get into the backs. Um, fly off. Um, our kicking from the tee was poor at the start of the year. But in hand, it was okay. Um the, but when I say okay, I mean okay. I don't mean brilliant. Um, Centres wise, we've um, had injuries to Flood and Burrell and things, which have been, we've we've not really had a consistent backline all year. And then out on the wing, we formerly had Adam Radwan, but he's currently still out injured. Um, and then I'm not sure if you saw Carreras being an idiot the other day and getting himself banned for yeah. however long. Can't condone that. It was just out out of order. Um, and our our depth in the backs, we, we're sometimes fielding players that haven't really comp- played a competitive fixture in 12 months. And then that was in the championship when it was actually played. Um, there's some players in the squad who haven't played a premiership match for getting on two years and beyond now. 
I mean, what do you think uh, will be the game plan against the Bears when they arrive on the on the seventeenth? Then I mean, it's really tough, but um, I think the obvious one is just just have to be kind of do the basics somehow keep a lid on the, the discipline and try and improve that because we know we know we're not going to score many points it were unfortunately you won't be seeing the same Falcons team which actually ran you very close in the reserve in the reverse fixture um unfortunately it's going to be a much sort of more muted Falcons side we're gonna the forwards will still do everything they can i'm sure and you know maybe from you know from a driving mall or from close out we will maybe get a couple of tries but i think it's could have been some ways kind of Damage limitation, unfortunately, for us, especially in regards to, to try and in defense in the backs, um, because we just we just can't score points, unfortunately. Um, that's not to say we, we won't get any, and we may well get a couple of tries, but um, it's just got to be, we just have to be on the absolute top of our game, and discipline has to be absolutely spot on to really have sort of any sort of chance, really, I would have thought. So we've also, unfortunately, looked kind of weak in the driving mall at lineouts. Um, so I think it's something which we'll have to do is try and restrict. You know, line outs in our 22, which is easier said than done. And that kind of ties in to try and keep the penalty count down, which has been, unfortunately, it's been, been absolutely killing us. So I think that's really the main thing. Just kind of keep keep it simple, just keep the basics and just try and keep your head really. It's been frustrating me a lot in the, the last few weeks because we keep kicking the ball away. Um, we'll be on maybe the halfway line and we'll kick the ball to a full back in the 22 and then make an easy mark. And then we'll be back where we started or they'll run back at us. And I was a big fan the other week of when you put Rodrigo up against Smith and he just ran through him, popped it off. It was classic schoolboy. Get your best player running at their guy that can't tackle and the rest was history. And there could be a bit of that going on, I think, depending on who we're playing at fly half. Um, if Flood's back, maybe not. But if Hodgson or Conan are playing, there's once again that size difference coming into it. Um, I think we've just got to keep the ball. Um, if we don't if we don't have the ball, we're not going to score points. And as simple as that, if we play the entire match between our 22 and our 10-meter line, I'd rather that than we just hoof it to your fullback and then before we know it, we're back where we started, but you've got the ball. But it's also interesting, of course, you mentioned the point about how you've got a week off and we have what will probably be a pretty brutal game away to Leicester in the Challenge Cup quarterfinal this weekend. Um, I mean, that was our last league game. Physically, Leicester... Uh, pretty tough uh, especially with um, Visser at number 8 and you can see how powerful they are the lineup driving ball and we probably will be playing a pretty strong side because we spoke in our podcast a couple of weeks ago you know what sort of team we're going to play because the league in many ways has sort of gone for us this year but no reason why we can't have a real good go at the Challenge Cup and we hope that Dino would play what would be a strong side and that's what he did against Osprey so I would expect now in a later round for him to play at least a stronger side and of course you know they, they'll have they'll play that game they may get injuries or get tired whatever and then we're going into what is probably the hardest game of the season um, so no doubt that probably will be a factor Okay fair enough and then finally if uh, if say you could nick a couple of Bristol Bears for, for next season uh, who, who, who would you have and why? Uh, well, I'll, I'll sort of pick first. And unfortunately, it's going to be a really boring one, but it's got to be Charles Pelletel, simply because, quite simply, we're desperate for a back that can sort of put the ball over the line week in, week out. And we just don't have that. But obviously, it has that X factor. Absolutely quality player. One of the best finishers in the league in the world. If not, you know, could he be the sort of 
top maybe three or four backs in the world at the moment in general. Um, I mean, we're, we're desperate for a player that can kind of just get us points, especially, as I say, in the backs. Um, so I think, you know, <laughs> absolute sort of Padre sort of player, then it would have to be someone of his quality, I think. Yeah, I'd echo that. Um, I think I'd, I'd, I think I'd stick with our forward pack. I think they're functioning quite well as a unit. But then, basically, anywhere from nine upwards, I, I don't think I'd necessarily turn down a man-for-man switch. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, you never know. <laughs> anyway, well, it's great to great to talk to you, boys. I really appreciate that, and uh, look forward to the uh, the return fixture. Well, great to hear from Philip and Ian again, uh, Pete. Um, and I love the way they, uh, I forget which one it was, started uh, and said, well, the, the, the basic problem with us is uh, we concede too easily and then we can't score many points. <laughs> 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 which which I think is probably the problem for most teams that are uh, in, in the bottom half of any table in yeah. a, a, any sport. But uh, yeah, good, good to hear from the guys again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, they're very honest. They they know their rugby. I think they are, they were a bit disappointed. You know, they, they, Newcastle had a good start to the season, but I think they pointed out that, you know, some, they didn't do well out of COVID in the new year. And I think they, I, I, I suggested to them actually off off the recording that I think they must have struggled a bit losing Mark Wilson and Gary Graham in the Six Nations who are, are driving forces behind that team. Um, so, but you know, they they ironically they the one thing they were quite excited about was the Challenge Cup quarterfinal, <laughs> and then they got hammered by Leicester. So I, I kind of feel like we ought to ring them up again and see how they're feeling, because I'm a bit worried about them, to be honest, uh, because that was the only sort of like chink and light that they had. Um, but I think I think Newcastle, they'll, they'll learn. They know they've got no relegation to worry about. I, I do think that they may be, if I rang them tonight and said, how are you feeling about next week? I think they, they'd be may be feeling quite worried about uh, the visit of Newcastle. But the one thing they have got going for them is that Kingston Park, I know because I went to university there, it's a windy kind of cold sort of place. And, you know, who knows? If they catch the Bears literally cold, um, they, they could make a game of it. Well, don't forget, we have been to Galway, mind, this season. So I, mm, that's true. you don't, you don't yeah. get much wind here and then think Galway. No, that's true. <laughs> Uh, Miles, let me come to you. So, um, thinking about the the squad that went to Bordeaux, um, what what changes do you expect to see from that uh, for the, the Falcons games? Uh, well, I mean, barring any injuries, and I think there's a few probably coming back. We don't know whether uh, Paul Hill, Harry Randall got a smack round the head or a shoulder to that effect. So, two weeks off, he may be okay. So. Uh, Maybe it's, it will send the same team up to Newcastle. I mean, this is our sole focus now, isn't it? The Premiership. We Pat's not going to muck around now. For home and away, we need to go and get five points wherever possible every single game. As Pete alluded to, they took a pasting away at Leicester at the weekend, uh, and they have suffered some injuries, haven't they? Their their main players, who we we always never be worried about in the back, to Toby Flood. He was absent at the weekend, and so was Adam Radwan. I mean, those are two very dangerous players. They've got a solid pack, which they showed us. You know, remember in that, that game down at the gate where they were pushing us right back into our 22. So a difficult team, really good pack, but obviously lacking a bit uh, injury-wise. Um, but I think Pat's going to inevitably send the best team that we had, and I do not see really any changes from the team that 
went to Bordeaux a couple of weekends ago. All right, Lee, your thoughts? Any anybody um, coming back from injury that you think we we might see? To be honest, Tony, I'm not quite sure who's coming back at, at the moment because we don't. It's not like we used to have quite. You know, um, from the club, we used to kind of. You know, they'd fill us in quite often, wouldn't they? But now it's, you don't tend to hear about it until like you know a couple of days before, really. Um, but I do agree with Miles. I think yeah, obviously we're, we're all guns blazing for this. And one thing I would say is the break that we've had for not playing this weekend is that it's going to have a massive benefit for Hughesy, uh, for Nathan Hughes because I think that he's he's needed that that little bit of a gap to get just kind of clear these injuries through. And I, I think we will. I think it will be a different game to to what it was at Ashton Gate. I think um, we. I don't think we'll be pushed around quite as easily as we were there. Okay, and of course we say we've had a break, but there was that friendly that we we played against Worcester. Now, uh, I mean, this was very much. Uh, kind of a media blackout on that, and we don't don't know what kind of team played. Uh, but uh, that 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 game happened on on Saturday, uh, I believe. Um, what about Pete? Coming back to you, people like Shaparo were supposed to be out for ten weeks. We heard, uh, you know, Thacker was close. Uh, do you think Pat would be likely to throw those guys straight back in uh, if if they were fit for Newcastle? Well, I think, I mean, you've always, if you've got people coming back from injury, you want to ease them back if you possibly can. And playing against Newcastle, with no disrespect to Newcastle, is is potentially a game where one or two could be eased back in before we have Exeter the week after. So, it, but having said that, we know that the one thing Exeter have got going for them is their pack is solid and it's they will give us a good game up front and therefore are, you know, I don't know. I it, It's possible. I think maybe maybe it would be a bench situation. I mean, it, you know, there's nothing better than getting back into it than a, a trip up to Newcastle and sit on the bench <laughs> for half an hour. And then you realise that you're back in professional rugby again, um, ready for, for challenges ahead. So it might be interesting. It might be, it, again, it's one of those weeks where it's quite exciting because we we haven't had a team kind of announcement for for a week it would be it be going to be quite an exciting one to see what pat's thinking um whether he does do that like whether he kind of thinks well we've got 12 points in the lead we could risk a couple of you know injury boys back just see how we get on it's not at the end of the world if we don't get a bonus point or whatever um and really i mean well we'll talk about it next week but obviously he's got he's probably got his eye on exeter as well um because whatever we think about exeter we 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 want to be competing with them don't we uh, absolutely and of course you know Newell Argo potentially could be back Siali Piatel must be there or thereabouts uh, so no it will be fascinating to see uh, what team uh, gets picked for for Newcastle but I suppose the good news is that that unavailable list is is gradually getting shorter and shorter and shorter as mm. we get to the business end of the season okay well let's let's go for some predictions then uh, Miles let me come to you first uh, Newcastle against Bristol what are your thoughts on the score 
Well, I think, well, you know, it's a, it's a sort of 4G fast pitch, isn't it? So providing the weather's OK and the Newcastle wind is not too bad, then I, I think we'll, we'll, we should get about four tries and maybe a penalty. I'm going to go for a win of Bristol, 31-17 to 17 to the Bears. 31-17. Lee, let me come to you. That's quite optimistic, Miles. There, I think um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not quite so optimistic, but not far off. I'm going to go for um, 26-14, Tony. 26-14. Pete, are the Bears going to bounce back from the Bordeaux uh, defeat? Oh, uh, I was trying to think of an alliteration there, Tone, but uh, yes. <laughs> Uh, that's not an alliteration (laughs) no that's just an answer Uh, yes four tries Sheedy four tries that's I'd say 25 six two penalties for for, uh, Newcastle okay hang on can they get six (laughs) yeah Uh, I, I I think it will be quite tight. I'm going to go for the Bears to win 21 points to 10. Uh, so uh, we all think they're going to be back in winning ways. Uh, the good news is, of course, whatever the result is, uh, we'll still be top um, even after we've played Exeter. But uh, that that is going to be fascinating now, especially as Exeter have been knocked out of the Champions Cup. And that would have been the semi-final the week after the Bears game. So I'm sure Rob Baxter would have been influenced with his team selection uh, where that, that's not the case now. Uh, okay, you're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Buzzsprout, and many more platforms. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at Bears Beyond Gate, and on Facebook, you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. Right, so in other news, uh, towards the end of last week, uh, the season card renewals uh, information came out. Uh, and let me hold my hand up. I, I maybe was a little bit quick off the uh, off, off the gun on Twitter to say, oof, uh, prices up by 15 to 16% across the board, which is factually correct. People are going to have to fork out more for their season cards next season. Uh, but I certainly initially overlooked the fact that compared to this year, uh, we are going to get one more home league game in the season ticket price because of the uh, expansion of the league to 13 teams. Uh, and also we're going to be back to three home games in European competition as opposed to the two that were included in the season card this year. So, um, boys, for where we sit in the Dolman Centre, it's uh, £435. Dolman Wings, £345. South Stand, £220. And if you want to be in the Lansdowne Centre, that season ticket price is £625. So, uh, Lee, let me come to you first. Your your thoughts on uh, the prices and uh, the, the kind of value for money, if you like. Well, first of all, Tony, I'm glad you apologised because you did go all miles. I thought I thought miles had hacked the account for a minute and gone straight gung ho into it. Um, but yeah, I I mean I I think that it's uh, 
it's fair value again, to be honest. I mean, I, I am glad that we collectively we haven't chosen to sit in the Lansdowne stand. I'll be perfectly honest, um, but it is there or thereabouts from from last season. Um, and you know, we we love the Dolman stand, don't we? The centre of the Dolman is perfect for us. Um, and I'll be honest with you, mate. It will just be bloody lovely to to be in there and watching a game. To be perfectly honest. And there's also the instalments, because obviously you guys normally pay up straight up front, don't you? But obviously I paid by instalments. And I think it was this season, it was obviously with the truncated season, there was five instalments, whereas now it's going to go back to the original, I think it's nine, isn't it, Tone? Um, it, uh, it, it was two seasons ago, it was 10. 10. Uh, and then, then it went down to five. Uh, it's going to be nine for this season with the hope that they can get back to in, into a normal rugby calendar and return it to 10 yeah. the season after that. Yeah. So again, it makes things a bit more affordable for everyone, doesn't it? No, ab- ab- absolutely, Lee. I think that's important because lots of people uh, last season, the uh, reducing the payments down to five just meant it was a lot for people to, to fork out monthly, especially if they had one or two kids as well that they wanted to buy season tickets for. So uh, great that the club have gone up to uh, payments over nine months uh, with a view to bring it back to 10 months uh, in a year's time. Miles, uh you know, you you are a man that would laugh uh, at the thought of having to pay uh, instalment by instalment. You'd probably just send the butler down to the club with his silver solver and uh, had had stacks of cash. Uh, even someone of your 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 grandeur, uh, how do you see that as as kind of value for money? Because uh, again, looking at those prices, if you're in the South Stand, that that's fifteen quid for a game. Uh, for an adult, um, and uh, even where we are in the Dolman Centre, uh, £29 it works out per game. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really good value for money, even for a man of my stature. I like value for money, you know this, boys. And but in a cashless society, Pete, you know, I mean, TC, you know I'm going to be going down there with my coppers this season. I think for us, it prime view mid-Dolman, £29 a game, where as you pointed out previously, paying on the day is probably going to cost you 45 quid, I would have thought. And £15 a game in the South Stand, you know, it's a high up view. We've sat there at the odd occasion and you, you still get a good view. So I think if you go to every game, um, that, that is good value for money for this league to see the superstars that are in our team. Yeah, of course, that view in the South Stand is not quite so high if you sit in the front rows. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> and, and it's also, Miles, it's also not quite good when you've got a bunch of students behind you who then <laughs> spill their pints all over you. Uh, like the one yeah. we get. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and don't forget it, old uh, Mr. Cleaver sits in the uh, South Stand as well, so that could get quite messy as well on a match day. Uh, so. uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yes, Miles, you want I mean, to I mean, comment? I mean, we probably will talk about this towards the end of the season as the summer progresses. But, I mean, a question which fans probably all want to know is, is when will really COVID restrictions end? Will we be sitting in these exact seats that we renew? So, you know, 
questions going forward, but we'll we'll chat about that later in the year, I'm sure. Yeah, obviously too uh, too too early to say. Uh, I think the hope is that we will, or all season card holders will get their uh, regular seats back. But uh, obviously, with the roadmap, only time will tell. Pete, um, are you you quite happy that uh, we're going back in the Dolman? Obviously, uh, we we very rarely see Downsy in that stand. Is that a, is that a plus or a minus for you on match days? I thought I thought that was the reason we did it in the first place, boys. But anyway, um, <laughs> joking aside, uh, I think we've got nothing to complain about. In fact, if you know, it, it's given every fan of every ability in terms of payment to to, to support the club. Um, and you know, people make their choices. There's choices for everybody, isn't it? It's a, it's what I'd call what I'd call an inclusive season ticket deal for everybody. And I think everybody'd be happy. Everybody wants to support the Bears. Uh, we've obviously saved a bit of money this season, to be fair. So uh, you know, it's uh, we we. I think the fact that they've frozen the season ticket prices, even got a, a prize draw, Tone, even a prize draw uh, that we can what? be in as well. So you know, I think we support the club. We support them through tough times because they they support us by playing well on the on the pitch so it's all good yeah i'm glad you mentioned the prize draw because there is that incentive to renew early so uh if you uh season ticket uh, renewals are from the 19th of april if you renew by the 21st you go into four prize draws uh and then gradually as we head towards the the 10th of may if you renew by the 10th of may you'll go into the the final prize draw so there is an incentive to uh renew in the first uh, uh three days uh, and some nice prizes there and the, the first prize draw is that you actually win your season card. So, yeah, uh, uh, you know, if, if you're definitely going to do it, uh, yeah. listeners, then then I would recommend that uh, you do it in those first two or three days to to try and get the chance of winning that. Uh, I did notice there will be a £2 booking fee for, for each season card. So uh, make make sure you, you put two quid aside. Um, uh, and one of the other things, because, uh, Lee, let me come to you, because you're a city boy. Um uh, it, when you look at the frequently asked questions, one of the things they have pointed out for people renewing in the South Stand is that uh, I think driven by the football, uh, they're going to have the barrier seating that's going to be in sections 25, 26 and 27 that will be installed sometime in the near future. Uh, your, your thoughts on that? Is that something that you think will appeal to rugby fans or, or, or make little difference? I'm not, I'm not too sure it would appeal to the rugby fans per se but I, I think certainly for the football would be a great idea and to be fair um, Bristol City did try and introduce something like this when the the new stand was built but it actually got declined if I remember rightly and then I think Celtic as well were were um were trying to introduce something like that soon after but um no I mean I think it I think it's great I mean it rugby obviously there's there's not so many fans in the in the in the uh, the ground usually unless we're playing you know, Bath or someone like that, but I I like it personally. I mean, I I like standing up. I know Miles wouldn't, and because he'd probably be shouting at me, sit down, sit down. If, I, if we were in a safe stand, but um, the the thing is with rugby, you have got to be a bit careful because there's a lot of trays of beers that get carried around the place. So you know, potentially it could be a bit of a hazard for for some people that don't know um don't know their uh, stadium geography, as Pete likes to say. 
uh, okay well let's let's move on and uh you know i i've already seen uh, a few of our followers on uh twitter are gonna uh look to get season cards for the first time let's face it you know this is the best season or the best you know two seasons in the bears long and illustrious history we're european cup uh challenge cup champions we're top of the premiership look almost odds on to to have a home semi-final in the playoffs uh what a fabulous time to to support the bears and uh, actually get a season ticket and be down there uh game after game so uh yeah i'm sure everyone out there has got everything crossed that actually we will get and uh, see see the games and sit in our seats and renew all those friendships as well yeah. with the people uh, wherever you sit it, it is it's a bit of a cliche but it is a family uh, and it will be lovely to see some of the people that sit around us now whether they'll be happy to see the four of us again is another question <laughs> But Pete, let me come to you. Well, I was just about to say I was a bit disappointed that they didn't mention in the promotional literature that if you you have a season ticket, there's a good chance you might get asked by you, Tony, after the game to to say a few words for the podcast as well. Because obviously we've missed all that this season, and uh, you know that's I, I, I think that's one of the reasons a lot of people go down the gate now, isn't it? That, that they they see Tony with his roving microphone, and they know that they might get a chance to get on uh, on the number one fan based Bristol. Bears podcast. Well, there, there we are. You know, could we see a surge in uh, season cards in the Dolman just so uh, so they, they they can get in front of us as we as as we leave after the game? Uh, Lee, you want to say something? Oh, just just quickly, Tony. I just want to say, obviously, we've also um, we've also been included in is a, a bit of a sing along, haven't we? With um, with a few of our listeners on Twitter, which would be quite fun. Our first sing along in what. A year and a half, two years. So um, I'm looking forward to that. What sing along is this? But did, did you did you not see we've we've been invited to uh, to have a little blackbird song, haven't we? In the uh, in the concourse with a, with a few beers when we're back. So. Oh no, I haven't. Uh, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that yet. So uh, no, because I mean that is one of the uh, one of the big mysteries, isn't it? What has happened to the blackbird? We did talk about it, but you know maybe it is it is down to us to resurrect it, or perhaps even come up with a new song, uh, maybe a supporters song that could could be sung. So uh, good. yeah. Maybe, maybe maybe that's one for another show. And of course, uh, for lots of people, they they very happily listen to our voices for the last uh, sixty seven episodes. But uh, thanks to our collaboration with the club last week, uh, people might have actually seen us in the flesh uh, for the first time. Uh, the club did invite us to. Uh, do little match day selfies that they they put into a, a film that came out. Um, unfortunately, the the initial idea was that that was going to be to get people excited about uh, a home quarterfinal that that never was. But uh, yeah, uh, we we had the selfies. Uh, Miles, uh, how, how was that for you? Uh, a bit of filming, uh, you know? Uh, did you like being uh, seeing yourself on the screen there? Uh, I don't know, not really. I don't think, uh, uh, it was it was quite good fun. I think we were all a little bit nervous uh, initially when you plugged the idea to us, but uh, actually, I think we grew into it, didn't we? And after a few sort of pints by the first half and the second half, uh, tongues were flowing quite nicely. And I fear 
maybe a bit too much for Lee because he, <laughs> he, he didn't feature at the end. He either just fell, fell off the sofa or his camera wasn't working. I thought it was a great bit of fun and it was really nice of the club to actually include us in that. Yeah, and Lee, you know, lovely to see Stan. I, I think you were outacted by him. Uh, I, I, I thought he was excellent, your dog, on the, on the, on the screen. Did, did you enjoy doing that? I, I thought it was quite good fun. I have to admit, I think Stan's auditioning for uh, for Lassie, the new the new Lassie film coming out next year. Um, no, it was good fun to be honest, and it was lovely to be invited by um, by the club to do it. I really enjoyed that, and um, I'll be honest, it's been murder this week because I keep getting stopped on North Street to sign autographs too. <laughs> <laughs> well, with Stan, yeah, poor yeah. Stan. <laughs> <laughs> and Pete, uh, good to see uh, you. And you know, we got that that tour of your um, attire, your your wardrobe, and seeing your, you know, your game shirts, your match day shirts, and that fabulous new uh, t shirt that you've got, the the Bears Country t shirt. Um, but I, I believe uh, for listeners maybe that are new to the show that uh, we used to have a feature uh, in the first season called Gets My Goat. Well, uh, the goat is back because, Pete, you have something to share with us. What, the, what's got Tony. your goat this week? What's got my goat, Tony, is the fashion item, Bears Be a Bear Country T-shirt, lovely purple on black. Put it in the wash for the first time. And what happens? The purple has completely disappeared. The thing was cost me 25 quid. And in one wash, the, pur- the, the logo is out. The purple is kind of, it looks like it's been in, uh, as you said, I think, Tony, a thousand degrees with a load of like pan scrubbers in there as well. I cannot believe it that one wash, one wash and my beautiful. So all I have is that little video that I did for the club that reminds me of what my T-shirt used to look like. Because I can't wear it anymore. It's a, it, I, I, it's, it is a merchandising goat of the highest order. Oh, dear, oh, dear. And, and, and what did you wash it at? What, what temperature? <laughs> well, I, I did wash it at 40, I've got to say. And then when oh, I look at the label, say, what, what does it say on well, the label? Well, I'm looking at it now, Tony. It actually says thirty and wash separately. <laughs> ah, oh, right. But come on, boys. This is I'm a rugby fan. I haven't got time to differentiate between thirty degree t-shirts and forty degree t-shirts and wash one t-shirt separately. I mean, come on. You put them all in at forty degrees, all your clothes, your jeans, your t-shirts, and that should be the job. But it didn't. One. I mean, you're telling me that ten degrees made a difference on this. I am. I am outraged. I'll tell you, Tony, I'm outraged that one wash at 40 degrees and, and my daughter's like pyjama T-shirt that we bought from like being H&M or whatever it's called has been washed a thousand times. It hasn't changed at all. So I'm sorry. I love the club. I love everything. But that gets my goat. One wash, one wash and it's ruined. <laughs> 
Ah, uh, well, there we are. You know, the, the perils of reading the instructions and following them, something that us men just just don't do. Just throw it away. Um, uh, one other thing I, I just wanted to mention, that was uh, uh, Charlie Powell. Um, he is uh, also doing some personal training, uh, offering that service. So uh, if you're, you're on Twitter, check out Charlie on uh, on Twitter and you can get details of that. Pete, you want to say well, something? Do you need some say, personal training, Pete? Well, it was a great <laughs> offer. He said that you get four free sessions um, if you were picked out of a hat. Trouble is, I, I messaged him and said, sorry, Charlie, I'm going to need at least eight <laughs> to have any, <laughs> any difference whatsoever. Um, and I obviously got no reply. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> there we are oh well well that that's it for this show um if you like what you've heard please leave a review or rating for us on your podcast platform uh we'll be back next week with our review of the newcastle game and more bristol bears news and views until then goodbye stay safe and come on briz <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>